especially for our visitors. If you are a visitor, came, you are not. <laughs> the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. As a Christian in my life, I've always looked for something that I can lash onto. I like good message. Yeah, they're all good. And I want to hear the good stuff. I mean, we feel fluffy, and this is really good. Uh, but I'm always looking for something I can do that will help my faith. What can I take if of all that you've spoken? Just give me something I can use for my life from the Word of God that I know will definitely improve my life. That's what I want. May not be the type of message everybody wants to hear, but just that one thing that I can take out of God's Word from the man of God, the woman of God that is speaking, just give me that one thing that I can apply and based on God's Word will work for me if I work it. Remember last Wednesday I said you have to put the work of God to work. Put the Word of God To work as a lifestyle. Unless you do that, you'll never really understand God. You have to put the word of God to work as a lifestyle. It has to be a lifestyle. First, hear the word. Secondly, believe the word. Then thirdly, act on the word. And if you continue to do that, then you are not a forgetful hearer. And according to the scriptures, you will be blessed in what you're doing. Not what you're hearing, what you're doing. So we got to put the word to work. You know, the Bible makes it very clear. We're talking about spiritual maturity, growing into maturity. Because that's what God wants. God cannot use you if you are a spiritual child. And he desires to use all of his children. All of us. He, unless you, your mind is open to that, you just think all I have to do is to go to church on Sunday. It's a pleasant thing for me. It's a joy for me to be able to stand and watch God walk through me. We like to be humble and say, well, it's all the Lord. It's not me. Well, if it's all the Lord, it must be better than what I just saw. If God is the one doing all of it. But he works with us. He works with us. So I can see he's working through me. God is using me to do God's work. And God wants to use every one of us. I say this uh, about, uh, uh, I think I heard it just recently. Uh, Somebody said, well, they they sang, you know, good. And and then you compliment them. Sister, that was was great singing. It's not me. It's the Lord. But I guarantee you, if it's the Lord, it's going to sound better than what I heard. Hello. <laughs> sure the Lord sings better than what you just did. I know you're great, but it's not the Lord that just sang. It was you, okay? So we tend to deflect, you know, that from us. But God says, I want to use you. And Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, the word is us, right? As the Father has sent me, so I send you. 
So if God is sending, if God is sending us, or if Jesus is sending us as the Father sent him, then everything that the Father made available to him, as the Father made available to him, he's making available to me. Otherwise, it won't be the same way the Father sent him. Right? It's got to be the same way the Father sent him. But we don't want to accept that. We want to deflect that and say, well, you know, Jesus was the only begotten of the Father. Yes, but we are grafted into him. We are part of him. You can't separate the branch from the vine. They're one and the same, right? The branch, he said, well, that's the branch of the vine. But this is the real vine. Hey, that's the vine, okay? That happens to be the branch, and this is the rest of it. So we are part of him. But God will not use us until you take on yourself to grow and be mature. It's funny, I, I was coming back, coming to church this evening. I turned on the radio and uh, whoever I was talking, it was the um, family channel, they were talking about maturity, Christian maturity, and, uh, you know, a grown-up, ba- a grown-up baby. You know what it means to change a 18-year-old kid that's still a baby? He has to change the diaper or something like that. That's not going to be fun. But, that, but that's what Christians do. You're 30 years old as a Christian. You're still a baby. God wants that to change. Because God needs you to be mature so that he can use you. And there's one way, like I said, for us to be mature. is through the word of God. There is no other way. It's only through the word of God. The more you make yourself available, and I keep saying it, so you know, this is what God is giving to us. Is the word of God. If you take the word of God in, you will grow. That's all you need. You know, I was listening to a preacher. He says, if a Christian is out of church in two weeks, three weeks, things are changing about your life. You may not know it, but things are changing. And he said he embarrassed a young man in church who was new, but was always consistent. And the guy had missed service for like two weeks. And he came to church and he was saying, hey, Michael, you missed church for two weeks. Something is wrong. I know something is bad. Finally, he says, well, Pastor, you're right. Everybody would say, Pastor, let off him. Get off him. You're embarrassing him. But he said, no, things are changing in your life. You haven't been in church for a while. You used to be in church. Now, it's church every time. You know, Wednesday, they have several meetings, but he's mixed all of them. Pastor says, something is wrong. And if I say, Pastor, you're right, you know, I've gone back to smoking. It does happen. The more you miss, the more you forget God. The scripture is clear. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Stay away from him for any reason. You don't feel him anymore. It's harder to go back. It's a tough climb. So you have to make yourself available. You can't grow if you're not eating. Simple. Even a pastor will go right back because he's not eating. You naturally don't survive without food. How do you think you can survive without food spiritually? It's not going to work. You see, God is no respecter of person. It doesn't matter your status in Christ, how great you've been. If you forget the word of God, you forget prayer, and you neglect those things, and you're going back. Slowly but surely, you begin to regress. 
If you used to be a very angry person before, now God has delivered you, guess what? He begins to show up here and there. And you're wondering what's going on. And the Bible is clear. If I build again, this Paul said, the things that I've, dis- that I've destroyed, I am a transgressor. That's what Paul said. If I build again the things that I've destroyed, you are found a transgressor. When you came to Christ, you used to do all of these things. You neglect, you put all of those things aside to follow God. But for whatever reason, you are now pulling back. You're going back. And you are a transgressor at this point. And the Bible says, if you do that, especially if you go, you're crucifying Christ again to yourself. And we don't want to do that. You see, we have all of this going on in the church. People are so inconsistent. No one is even thinking about it. They don't know. Why do you go to church? What are you trying to achieve? You're going to stay a baby? Or you want to do something for your God? Jesus gave his life. Peter gave his life. Paul gave his life. They were happy to give their life. Then you can't wake up in the morning even to pray. So this is what's happening today, but God will allow it because He respects your will. But those that are willing to do what God wants, He respects it. God knows them, and those are, those are the people He uses. He gives them His wisdom. It takes sacrifice sometimes. In the Old Testament, it's physical sacrifice. They didn't have to do anything. They were writing the Bible as they, as they lived the Bible. Now think about Solomon. Solomon knew what he needed. That thing was in his heart. He knew he didn't have much wisdom in him. Now the kingdom of his father had been delivered to him. And the young man is wondering, I can't do this job. I mean, this thing is way above my head. But the Bible says Solomon loved the Lord. And he, he wanted to do sacrifice. And so Solomon... Killed a thousand bulls. He was excited. And that night, we don't know when, but late that night, God woke him up and started speaking to him. What do you want from me? If God wakes you up asking you, what do you want? What would you say? If you've not been close to him, you will ask amiss. Remember what the Bible said? You don't have because... You don't ask, and when you ask, you ask amiss. And God doesn't respond to it. And when you are not close to God, you always ask the wrong thing. Because you don't know what's right. You got no light. You've been in darkness. You're weak. Your flesh controlling you. And so you respond to what your flesh wants, separate from what the Spirit wants, which will be eternal promotion for your life. But now you don't know Right from wrong. Because you haven't been in the light. This is what this thing also is all about. We have to bury ourselves in that book. There's never a time that I take time just to look at the word and something doesn't come out of it. It's never, there's never a time. Try it. There is never a time if it's in your heart to go to the Word. And you don't think that you're growing, like my son says to me. Daddy, I think I've grown about a few. And he has. You know. But you grow from the Word. And that's what the Scripture tells. Let me go back to Scripture. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13 and 14. It says, for everyone who partakes only of milk. Now, what's that saying? Sometimes you need milk, but sometimes you really need solid food. 
But if you are a baby Christian, all you want is the milk. You won't grow very much in it. So the scripture is in any way telling us what you need if you want to grow as a Christian is the word of God. That's the way I see it. So the more of the word I have in me, the stronger, the more mature I am in Christ. Because God has to have something in your life that you need to give to him for him to work with. It just doesn't happen that way. The God's promises in most, for the most part is, if you do this, whatever that is, then I will do this. But most people don't want to do what he's asking, but they want what he's... It doesn't work that way. God's not going to deny himself until you do this. That, in my mind, is saying, God, I want what you're saying. And so you have to take covenant responsibility because it's a covenant. Every time God gives a promise, it's a covenant. When God says to Abraham, you come out of your home and this is what I'm going to do to you. If he refuses to come, no covenant. But that was Abraham's covenant. You can read this in Genesis chapter 12. When God said, come and follow me, and Abraham left, they were covenant people. God and Abraham. And then God will strengthen his covenant every step of the way, depending on how he's dealing with you. But most people don't want to have that covenant responsibility working with the word. As it tells you, you hear the word and then you obey what he says, the covenant is sealed. And it takes sacrifice. Doing the work of God takes sacrifice sometimes. And, and until the sacrifice is laid on the altar, no fire comes from heaven. Yes, God says, don't put fire on it. If I accept the sacrifice, I'll send fire. Somebody, sons of Aaron, you remember, they put strange fire and God killed them. They were trying to help God. You don't help God when it comes to fire. He's the one, he's the fire giver. Amen. If you lay the sacrifice down, fire will come from heaven. And this is the fire of the Holy Spirit. The fire of the Holy Spirit. But there's got to be sacrifice. The sacrifice is doing what God wants you to do. Kill an animal, Abraham, and, and, lay, and then the fire comes from heaven and walk between the sacrifice. And the covenant is sealed. So the word of God is telling us very clearly, if you want to grow in Christ, don't play games. Go to the word. Go to the word. The word of God will help to position you for God's blessing. That's what's going to happen. If you neglect the word for whatever reason, you'll stay where you are. Stunted. You know, the Bible talks about trees of righteousness, not shrubs of righteousness. Some of us are, God says, the planting of the Lord. Many times people are just, they are happy to stay as a shrub. I don't want to be a shrub. I want to grow. I want God to make me a tree. He says it's the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified in your life. You become the planting of God so that he is glorified. But you don't want to be that way. He says it's the word. They want anyone who partakes only of milk. He's unskilled in the word of righteousness. So what are we talking about? Unskilled in the word of righteousness. Meaning you can take the word and put it to work. Is that not what he's saying? 
unskilled in the word of righteousness. You can take the word and put the word to work. But if you have only if you are only be drinking or using milk, you don't know how to use the word of righteousness. That's what you're unskilled. Amen. You don't have to be old to be skilled. Look at David. Right? The rest of the army, they were all running from Goliath because they thought, boy, this guy is so big, no one can take him. Because they were not skilled in the word of righteousness. But David knew, and David was saying, he is so big, I can't miss. I'll get him anywhere. He's so exposed. There's no way I'm going to miss. He is killed. They saw things differently. The, the ones who were close to God, David, he knew this is piece of cake for me. Just give me room. How much will you pay me to kill him? That's what he was saying. How much is the king willing? David was not, con- think about it. David was not concerned about whether he was going to kill the guy or not. All he was concerned about was, how much am I going to be paid for doing this? And there was no fear. How kill him? But what's the king going to, you know, he went around till his brothers heard, David has been asking, <laughs> read the scripture, David has been asking about killing this guy. And his brothers said, you are not even a soldier. You haven't been trained. What's this talking? You're too proud. David said, look, is there not a reason? Is there not a cause? I'll kill him. You guys are afraid of him because he's so large. I think he's so large. I can't miss. I'll get him down. And that's exactly what happened. Why? Because he knew his God. He said, the same God that worked with me, that means he's been using the word of righteousness and he knew he was good at using the word of righteousness to put down his enemies. And so when he saw Goliath, he's saying, he's going to be just like that lion that I used, the word of righteousness to put down. And that bear, he is, I can't miss, I'll kill him. Just tell me how much you're going to pay me. That's the way it is. He was killed at the use of the word of righteousness. That was Old Testament, but this is our time. But you have to be mature. David wasn't mature physically, like his brothers, but spiritually he was. Because we don't war against flesh and blood. We war against principalities and powers. And there's the prince of Persia, there's the prince of uh, Cyprus, there's the prince of everywhere. The Satan has all his course and all his people, all his people, principal, all over the place. But if you are a child of God and you know your God, those who know their God will do exploits. So we have to grow up and think like grown-ups. Paul was clear. When I was a child, I thought like a child. I spoke like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. But you see, what's the church today? Where are we? We're still dealing with it. Childish things. We need to grow up. He says, for he's a babe. The reason why he's not skilled, he's a baby. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. The mature ones. That is, those who by reason of use, just like David, they've tried it before, amen? By reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. They know what's right and what's not right to do. How to build. 
when I listen to Paul, he is like, you wonder, was this guy truly a man or something else or some kind of, because he's so confident. He said, when I go, I just don't beat, like beating the air. I know what I'm doing. I plant and I, 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 do, my good, I do a good job. That's confidence. Because he knew with God. He knew with God. He knew he could use the word of God. Question is, how do I know whether all I've been using is milk? How do I define that? As a Christian man, how do I know, am I really using solid food or am I using primarily milk? How do I know that? So I know to change my ways. How? Who tells us that? Will Jesus tell me, son, you're, all, you've been eating, all you've been drinking is milk. I need you to eat solid food. How do you know? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I don't know everything, but with the little years of experience that I have, I've kind of seen things in the church that uh, will indicate certain things based on Scripture. Based on Scripture. Both from the Old Testament all the way. And then based also in our natural life. And then you watch, because what you see in the natural life is what you see in the spiritual life. The spiritual life, that's, that's there. That's the real life. What we have, what we call real, that's the shadow. Because God is the Spirit. Everything started from the spirit realm. You have eyes. I mean, you've seen God's eyes. But God has eyes. His eyes were here before your eyes came. <laughs> His eyes are there. His eyes are not like our eyes. They don't get tired. God don't need, need glasses. Hello. God doesn't need his eyes adjusted. <laughs> he doesn't need no operation, nothing. He won't have cataracts. His eyes so we say are perfect. We have eyes because God has eyes. The first is in the spirit realm. So you can put those simultaneously. Jesus said, if you earthly fathers know how to do good, give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly father? In other words, the spirit realm is better than the natural. So, but the natural reflects what's happening in the spirit realm. And so you can watch what's going on in the natural realm and you can see that in the spirit realm. In the natural realm, the, uh, little children are very irritable. They need their pacifiers all the time. You got to give them pacifiers. They cry over every little thing. If they're hungry, they cry. They can't help themselves. Somebody has to help them. And as it is in the country today, if we should read, it's like pastors have become um, expert uh, pacifier delivery men and women. Because there's something that God doesn't really like. Instability. 
double-mindedness. He doesn't like it. He can't work with a person like that. When you are unstable, not consistent, you're still a child. A mature Christian is predictable. Almost predictable. You know what they are going to do. If something happens, you can tell this is how this person is going to handle this. And so, for a pastor, you have peace. Because you know. They're very predictable. Think about Daniel. When they said, how do we trap this man Daniel? Remember that? Before he went into the lion's den? They wanted to know how he could be trapped. <laughs> he said, look, I'm telling you what. No matter what you do, Daniel will beat it. But if you bring up, if you can come up with something that has to do with his God, we got him. Predictable. You, you can tell. And the way to trap him is, we know he prays this time and that time. He's going to do it regardless. You can't stop him from doing that. Predictable. Not unstable. Predictable. So God can rely on him. God knows at this time he's going to be there. Predictable. When no one can predict you are in a church situation, something is not right. Nobody knows whether you're going to be there or not. You can come up with a thousand reasons why you're not going to be there. And all of them legitimate. But you're not hurting the church, you're hurting yourself. That's just the way it is. You know, when I was a new Christian, I'm still new. I like to feel like I'm still new, okay? <laughs> but they say, you know, you can have a fire with the wood, or, you know, pieces of wood there, you know, and the fire is burning. Take one of those and set it aside. What's going to happen? And for a while I say, that's right, you set me aside, but I'm still burning. Look, can you see the flames? I'm still burning. Look at me. I see got some hot coals. I'm still burning. Uh, say, That's right, you're still burning. Uh, we want to give you a few more hours. Let's see how, how you burn. But before long, it's gone. That's nature. Natural life. Pull yourself out. Guess what? You're getting cold. And your eternal destiny is at stake. We don't like to think about that. But your eternal destiny is at stake. You have to, for me personally, even when I'm tired. My wife will tell you. Now as a pastor, you seem like I don't have a choice. Okay. <laughs> but even then, no matter how tired, I don't get that. Those words won't come out of my mouth. I'm a child of God. As he said of Jesus, on the Sabbath day, you know where to find him? As his manner was, he was in the synagogue. Everybody knew about it. If you want to find him, you know exactly where to go. So these are the things that matters to God. When God sees consistency in your life, he knows he can do business with you. And there's a lot of kingdom businesses that God has in the world. And he's looking for people. His eyes are rolling to and fro, looking for somebody that he can use. Somebody to bridge the gap. Somebody to take 
his son's place because Jesus is gone. And as the father sent him, I have sent you. I want to do my little part to take his place. My little contribution, let me do it. And all I'm waiting for God to do, when I get back home, for God to look down on me. Paul talked about, you know, having a great entrance. Where the Father welcomes him. I read of Stephen, and Stephen is giving his life, and we know that Jesus went and he seated at the Father's right hand, right? But Stephen said, while he was being stoned, before he got stoned, he said, the heavens open, and I see the Son of Man standing, standing to welcome a human being. God, the King of Kings, standing to welcome somebody. (laughs) There is nothing more beautiful. And that's, that was a man. And I'm going to be in the same kingdom with that man. I want to do my best. I want to do my best. I want to do whatever it takes. If you suffer, I suffer. Like, like Esther, if I die, I die. Remember Esther? I'm going into the presence. If I die, let me die. We will not serve you, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're not going to serve your gods. God is able to deliver us. But if he chooses not to, we're going into that fire. They were not concerned. They were not living for this life. They were living for the life to come. You can, you, you, I, I don't know. You can think about somebody like Peter. When Jesus told Peter, basically, you are going to be killed. He understood it. Even though Jesus didn't tell him exactly. He says, when you were a young man, you went wherever you went. You wanted to go. But when you get old, old, uh, somebody will take you where you don't want to go. And Peter understood that's the way he was supposed to die. He wasn't crying. All he was concerned, okay, what about my friend John? I think going to die. Jesus said, that's not your business, okay? That's me and you. Amen? But he wasn't crying. He was willing Because he wasn't thinking of this present life, he was thinking about the life to come. We think too much of this present life, and so we're not willing to do what it takes for us to grow up so that God will use us. I want Satan to feel the presence of Jesus in me. Yes, I want him to be threatened by it. And cause me trouble, maybe in the natural, but yes, he troubles me, I trouble him as well. By going back to his kingdom to pull some of those people that he's held captive away from him. I know that hurts him. I want to do that. I want to do that. That's the whole thing about praying for the sick. Because the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. So everybody that Jesus healed was being oppressed by Satan. And so God wanted him to do good. So he filled him with the Holy Spirit and let him go. And the good thing is, he says, for God was with him. Hello? God was with him. That's for Sunday. Because basically what it is, when you go out... For God, and God's with you, the enemy recognizes this is trouble for him. And God's going to use you. You can grow. 
Scripture says, For let not that man suppose that he will, that's a double-minded person, suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. That's James chapter 1, 7 and 8. He is double-minded. Unstable in all his ways. That's the key point there. When you see somebody who is double-minded, that's not just here at the ark. It's everything. God goes in line. I've come to, you know, I, 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 for me personally, yeah, I know I am, I'm trying to follow the Lord. That when God says something, that's the truth. If it's double-minded, that person is going to be unstable in every way, in everything. That's why success is hard. Because you can't lash onto anything and stay there. You know, all over the church today, all around you read. I mean, people cannot stay long enough just to um, learn the, the act of working with disputes. All you hear is, well, if they don't do this, I'm going to leave the church. I'm going to leave the church. I'm going to leave the church. You hear that? That's not Christian. Where is that? Where did that come from? Where did that come from? You can't stay and deal with difficulties and get mature. If you can't deal with difficulties in the church, how are you going to deal with difficulties in your home? You're going to get off and walk off your home? Because you can't deal with dispute and somebody looked at you wrong? That's childishness. That's simple. I mean, I don't understand it. I just don't. For little reasons, people think you can move, but that's going to stay with you. Because if you cannot be grounded and plant your food as a tree of righteousness, you are like the wave, toss, the wave toss to and fro. That's what's going on. Why can't you learn and learn the act of doing what's right? We get tired of hearing things like that. We're used to it, but it's just, just I think, what's going on here? What's going on here? Do you realize what this is all about? Is it about you or the kingdom of God? What do you go to church for? What's the purpose? In the church, for me personally, I don't know how far much I've grown, but I could care less what pastor is doing. I got my own ministry inside the church. And I want my own ministry to prosper. I did a lot. I could do things in the early part. And please, I'm not boasting. I'm saying I didn't realize that's just who I was. I had my own ministry inside the church. My job was to help Pastor. Pastor Addison, somebody that's having a demon, demon problem, he calls. Go call Good Luck. And he tells me, good luck, I don't have time, you know, I need to prepare. Yes, pastor, what do you want me to do? We will take this person and we go walk with the person. I like to have people like that. Not all this bickering about things that don't make sense. Eyelashes and all of that crazy stuff. Like that. <laughs> These are baby stuff. If you got putting up fires and giving pacifiers just to pacify people, that's not where we should be. That's why the Bible tells us to move on from these elementary things 
and move to maturity. We don't deal with those things. You know, you have a new couple, they're fighting over whether the guy takes on the toilet seat or puts it down. They have third world war over toilet seat. <laughs> In a home, it's totally unnecessary. It's a clear sign there is no maturity here. Because you shouldn't be fighting over there to, over something that is so silly. We fight over things that are important, the Word of God. Let's stay focused on what God is doing. I meet a brother who's wanting to grow. That's my friend. We said that in the message on Sunday, I'll probably come into that. The Bible says for the righteous to choose your friends carefully. If I see a Christian man, a woman that I know has no heart for God, you, I would never be your friend. I will stay. I know you are a brother and I acknowledge I'll hug you and pat your back. But to be close to you, nah. I'm not doing that. That's been my attitude. I stay away from those talkers. I stay away from them. Mockers. I stay away from them. I, because it doesn't help. I don't know. I'm so grateful to God. Don't know how far I've gone. But from my days in college in Georgia, I stayed away from them. I knew them, but I stayed away from them. I wasn't their friend. Sometimes I heard them teasing me. Yes, that good luck believes this stuff. Usually it was about healing. Nobody's laughing now because God has used the one that they laughed at in those days. And when they have problems, after a while they were coming to me. They have problems, they come. If somebody is demon-possessed, they say, oh, good luck is the one that believes. Then they meet somebody on campus that is talking crazy and, and, and has all this demonic stuff. And they say... We know the right person who, who is as crazy as you are. <laughs> We're going to take this person to you. Good Lord's going to help you. For me, that was my ministry. Amen. And I enjoyed it just to help people and to see them, their lives transformed. The other day we went to Georgia, my wife and I, and I've shared this here briefly, just maybe once or so. But there was a man that I'd prayed with with, you know, a restaurant owner at that point, or maybe the son of a restaurant owner. Um, somebody, I told him from my church, you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to connect you with good luck. And he received the Holy Spirit. I think I remember praying for him in his restaurant. And I was glad. There was an African praying for this man, you know, <laughs> in his restaurant. But today, he's uh, an associate pastor in a church. And when he heard that I was coming, and he says, the same good luck here, to a funeral, guess what? He made sure he was in church. So I got to see my son in the Lord, okay? <laughs> he said, but these things are joyful for me. Those are the things I rejoice about. All of the fighting things, young people in college, I've forgotten all of them. I try to stay away from them and focus on what is right. Whatever is lovely, Right? Whatever is true, if there's a good report coming from that, that's what I want to say. Forget all the silly stuff that has no eternal value. The things Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 2, he says these things, they have a show of earthly wisdom, but no spiritual value. If it perishes with the using, there's nothing with that. And if you focus on that, you're wasting your time. It doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. It will perish with the using. Hello. 
It don't matter what kind of house you live on, living. Before long, there will be roaches inside the house too. And cockroaches running into your next house. You have to kick them out. It, that's earthly. Amen? That's earthly. Let's forget those things. Focus on what really matters. Amen? Let's focus on what really matters. And that's when we will grow. Once we start focusing on what truly matters, God says, I like that heart. You know, David wasn't as strong as Saul. If you read in history, Saul is considered a great king in general. Hello. But he was not successful. Not like David. Because David knew his God. David knew his God. And that's what we need. We really need to know our God. Forget all this craziness that's happening. Even the politics, right? I know it gets in your hair or something like that. Forget all of that. We belong to the other kingdom. Amen? And the prosperity of God's kingdom, that's what we want. We deal with God's economy, not the economy of, of the world. Because God will take care of his own. Even in the presence of famine. Amen? Stand up with me that I think I've gone through my time. But I have a lot of scriptures I didn't get to. Let's get serious for him, okay? Amen? Let's get serious with serving our God. Let's stop playing games. Heaven is watching. Okay? Remember, in Hebrews chapter 11, there are cl- there's a cloud of witnesses that are looking to us. I want them to be proud. Amen? The Samson and all of the civils, the Bible calls them the cloud of witnesses. I want them to be proud of what we're doing. Let's unite. Let's work for God. And let's see what God will do for us. Amen? Would you lift your hands up to the Lord, the Lord tonight and ask Him, I need a fresh encounter. I'm number one. I need that. Yes. I need a fresh encounter. Good luck. Needs a fresh encounter with God. I need Him. I need life. I need Him. I need Jesus. I need a fresh encounter. There's something there that God has I haven't seen. It hasn't entered into my heart. I want it. I want God to open my heart. To open my eyes. To see I want to see, I want to see, I want to see, I want to know him. It is song, oh, I want to know him. To look upon his face. I want to know him. I want to know him. I want to know him. No games. I want to know God. I want to, be, I want to sell out to my God. I want to sell out totally to God. No excuses. No more. No more. I want to sell out to my God so that God can give me revival in my soul. I need it. I need it. I need it. I need that revival. I need it. No more excuses. I need it. I need to fall on my face before his throne and let him walk. Remold me, O God. Remold me, O God. I want to please your son. I want your son to be glorified in my life. I don't want my life, a wasted life that has not touched 
the heart of my Savior, who gave his life for me. He gave everything for me, and I must give everything for him. Help us to do just that, oh God. Help us to do just that. We love you, God. We see in your word. You said without you we can do nothing. And Lord, we understand that and we accept that. But we know that with you, we can do all things. We can do all things. Strengthen us today. Lord, may there be no condemnation because the scripture is said, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And God, everyone here is in Christ Jesus. There is no need for us to feel condemned. We're, going, we're not going there. But we are drawing closer to our Father. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And today, every one of us, we are, we are walking after the Spirit. Say with me, I am walking after the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. Lord, we need a fresh, a fresh encounter. We need a fresh fire. We need fresh bread from, from the throne of God. Give us fresh bread, Lord God. As a congregation, give us fresh bread. Fill our hearts with your fire. We give you praise tonight. And we're thankful for the joy of knowing Jesus. Draw us closer to you, Father. We're grateful. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.